Fantasy Fuel is powered by Pole Sports. Get instant fantasy football advice through real-time polls by visiting polesports.com. What are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, ship me trace it out of side. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. It's going to be a great episode. I'm just going to get that out of the way right now. We don't have a lot of news, so we'll get to that. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Ready to talk some fantasy. All right. Well, we really only have one news item to talk about, but it is a big one. It's a big one. Oh, man. Because we've been talking about it as a what-if scenario, and it's... I think it's still kind of a what-if scenario. Yeah. And, of course, I'm talking about Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And the fact that, as of right now, no suspension. Unreal. Nothing. Unbelievable. It's really quite astonishing to me. Like, I thought it was at least eight games in my eyes. Right. And I just don't understand how it's not four games. Like, that would be... The respectable thing. I don't. I'm, I don't know what's going on. I don't know all the information. I'm sure, but wow. I mean, it's just. It's a little confusing to me. But. Well, from what I've read, his significant other, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call her, yeah. I still don't know what that relationship is. It. It sounds like she never talked to the NFL. Okay. So they don't have any statement from her whatsoever besides the audio. So. According to the league, it's going to leave the case open if okay. further evidence emerges. But Tyreek is free to report to camp, yep. practice, and play. And play until something else happens. Until something if, else happens. If that happens. Or she decides to start talking if yeah. he pisses her off again. Yep. I don't know. Yep. Maybe that's what will happen. Very possible. Um, and I have also seen that uh, it's likely going to be several weeks, if not months, before contract talks between Hill and the Chiefs start back up. Yeah. And that's obvious. The Chiefs aren't stupid. Right. I mean, they've had some stupid players, <laughs> but the organization itself is not stupid, and yeah. they're, they're going to have to fine-tune this contract. Oh, they will for sure, because, I mean, he's a fantastic player, no doubt, and he's worth to have on your team, but if he's going to continue drawing this kind of drama, you don't want that. And you have to evaluate whether or not you want this type of player on your team, or this type of person, yes, to be a player on your team. Yeah, we can analyze this yeah, until we're blue yeah. in the face. But the fact of the matter is, Tyreek Hill is available to draft. Yep, and he is right now available to play all sixteen games, and that is going to help somebody because I think he'll probably still fall in drafts just a little. Yeah, if if it was to be. Last year, of course, he's going to he he would if he if he would have never gotten suspended or whatever you want to call this, then if he was never in the news, he would be a lot higher than what he's probably going to go anyway. So yeah, I agree with that. Yep. All right, I have one neat little stat for everybody <laughs> before we get into the meat of the program, which we're going to be talking about third year players. Yep. And whether or not third time's a charm or three strikes and you're out. Yep. 
We'll debate these guys. But first, I want to give everybody a Brock Osweiler stat. (laughs) Why? Because Brock Osweiler Uh, has more wins against Tom Brady than Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, Andrew Luck, and Patrick Mahomes combined. (laughs) How many wins does he have? Uh, I'm going to guess one. One is all he's got. (laughs) But, hey. That's more than Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, Andrew Luck, and Patrick Mahomes. That's a good stat. You know what? That's one of them <laughs> stats you would never guess. You would never guess because you would think that Matt Ryan would have won one. Mahomes, not yet. Okay, I understand that one. Matt Ryan should have won one. Yeah. You're up you know three, what? I, I could <laughs> argue that Mahomes should have won one, that too. too. But, yeah. it's it. Yeah, I like that. That's good. I don't think we could say that about Philip Rivers every time he goes up against the Patriots. I mean, he's had his opportunities. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's just dive right in. We're talking again about third-year players. Uh, Everybody likes to talk about how the third year is the breakout year. And if somebody hasn't been up to snuff to this point, this is the breakout year. And we're going to tell you whether or not we think it's the real deal or... If you should just hold off. Yeah. And yep. There's a there's a couple of uh, moments um, <laughs> yeah. that we'll throw in there. We don't need to talk about mm-hmm. everybody. But we're going to first start off with somebody we both enjoy. Whether or not <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be biased on both of our it, parts, it could I be, don't know. I, it's, in, it's interesting. I'll start. It's, it's Zay Jones. Um, last year, he had 56 receptions with 652 yards and seven touchdowns. The seven touchdowns, actually, them numbers aren't really that bad. That's actually fairly decent. Yeah, that's a pretty good season, actually. If you look at the 56 receptions and you're thinking, okay, it could be a little higher. Well, yeah, it could be because he had 102 targets. So his catch rate was 54.9%. So if he can improve on that, and I think he will this year, I yes. honestly do think yes. that's going to happen uh, with a little bit more of coherence. I can't say that word, um, but he's they're going to gel a little better together. And I think his catch percentage should go up. I think his receptions should go up. I think he, he's going to have a shot to have a really good year this year. I really do believe that, for me, it's third time's the charm. And I'm going to have to agree with you. For the most part, I mean, it's still the Bills. It's I, still I, Josh yep, Allen. Yep. But... This is the first time since Zay Jones has been in the league that he's had a real off-season training program, right? which means he's going to get the work with Josh Allen. He's mm-hmm. going to get the strength and conditioning that he needs because it took him forever oh, yeah. to get going last year. Yep. And with an entire off-season, I mean, it, it's got to be. Third time's a charm. Let the big dog eat. That's right. <laughs> you get, Let yeah. Zay Jones eat. He was my last guy that I took in that auction draft league, and I had to pay more than you should probably have to yeah. for Zay Jones. But I got, a, I got a feeling. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if you just take from what he had last year, it's still worth what you probably are getting out of it anyway, because the seven touchdowns is already a good enough, and fifty six receptions. I mean, that's that's probably more than. Some, but it's obviously less than a lot. But I, I, I honestly think he's going to be better. And if he's going to be better, you might as well have him on your team. Yeah, you might as well. All right, we got that one out of the way. Mm-hmm. Let's go to another one that almost yeah. has some anomaly type stats because he was targeted quite a few times. Yeah, 
but he didn't catch that many balls. Nope. But he had a lot of touchdowns. Who am I talking about? We're talking about John Ross. Um, like you said, his catch percentage was super low. It was 36.2%, which I got to believe is one of the lowest for the, t- the type of player. <laughs> I mean, but he's got a lot of tangibles that can be a big play type of guy. And if you're looking for something like that, it could be a third time to charm. I'm not a super high on John Ross. So I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I'm going to say, yeah, that's really hard for me. It's really hard for me to say because I, last year was just not a good enough dose in 2017. He just did nothing. So it's almost like you got to wait another year to do this one. But for now, if I'm talking about this year, I'm going to say it's going to be another three strikes and you're out. All right, let's break this one down just sure. a little bit because I know there's a lot of people that still like John Ross. Mm-hmm. And the Cincinnati Bengals brought in Zach Taylor yeah. from the L.A. Rams who had two years there. And he was one of the people that helped transform that offense into an offense that can sustain three wide receivers. Yeah, good point. And that's what we're looking at in Cincinnati is obviously A.J. Green unless something stupid happens and gets another injury. And then we've got Tyler Boyd, who is partially injury prone. He <laughs> was true. week to week for a while. I was putting him in my lineup, but I wasn't confident that he was going to last yeah. an entire game. And then we have John Ross. Yeah. And in the article that I was reading about this earlier, they compared John Ross to Cooper Cup. Now, if he's playing that same role in the Bengals' offense and Andy Dalton's feeding him over the middle, he could yeah. have a really good year, but it's still Andy Dalton. It's Andy Dalton. I think that's probably the biggest thing pushing me towards a three strikes you're out. Just because I just, he is so, like, if I had to pick one person in the NFL that I knew could get me really good points, but then the next week give me absolute garbage, it would be Andy Dalton. Yep. And so that's why I'm probably swinging for a three strikes you're out. But there it is. <laughs> there. <laughs> I'm not on either side yeah, of the fence it's, right now. But it's a difficult one. Yes. Uh, let's move on to another guy that I don't think either one of us particularly like, but everything I read, everything I read yes. is just hyping him up like nobody's business, but I'm not finding anything to correlate that hype to why it's being... Well, I had... I liked him a lot in his rookie year. I was like, okay, I think this guy can be something. I haven't seen enough, I guess, out of him to make me feel like I'm 100% buying into him right now. Uh, he only had 39 receptions last year. Um, I could see I could see that improving for sure, but I see that he, he needs to... You want to he, tell everybody who we're talking about quick? Oh, yeah, Curtis Samuel. <laughs> I, th- I thought you already covered I it. I did not. Curtis Samuel, let's do that. Um yeah, I, honestly, I, he, his catch rate was 60%, which is fine. But that also means he's not getting as targeted as much as you would want him to. Now, this year could be definitely different. But they're going to be targeting... Uh, uh, they're going to be targeting... DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey the most, <laughs> and the DJ Moore is going to have a, uh, quite a bit as well. Um, but this, If this is going to be it, it's going to have to be this year. I don't think that if Curtis Samuel goes and gets another 39 to 40, whatever kind of receptions, and doesn't perform, this will be three strikes you're out. 
Now, this is a weird one to me because I was right there with you for the most part. Mm -hmm. And then I started looking at his stats, yep. and it's weird because he averaged over 10 points a game mm -hmm. in the PPR league that I'm looking at. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's fine for a flex position if that's what you got because he missed the first three games of the season, and right. then he had a goose egg against the Redskins in week six. But these stats are weird because <laughs> – Every time he scored a touchdown, except for one of those touchdowns, he only had two catches. So it's like, yeah, he, you know, he'd have That's, yeah. uh, six for 88, four for 80, seven for 41, and then he'd have two for 17 and a touchdown. So he's mm -hmm. not getting any big games. If he can translate some of those big catch games and put a touchdown on top right. of it. He's going to be, in my opinion, he could be a very good best ball I, candidate. I, I agree with that. I wouldn't have any problems with him in a best ball type of thing. But I think the question for me is, do you think that the five touchdowns that he has from last year, do you think that improves? Or do you think that is just he only had two catches in that game where he had you know, the touchdowns? So it's like, right. do you think that this is a we're putting him out here for touchdowns? Or do you think he's going to have more opportunity to catch more receptions and still get the touchdowns at the same time. I do not think Curtis Samuel will be what everybody wants him to be. I agree with that. <laughs> All right, let's move on mm -hmm. to somebody, Reggie Wayne. You guys remember Reggie Wayne? That guy was one of the most oh, consistent yeah. wide receivers in his time with Peyton Manning. Reggie Wayne says Kenny Galladay is going to get somewhere between twelve and 1,300 yards. That's a pretty good endorsement. Yeah. But are the Lions able to keep him fed? I don't hate Galladay. Uh, he'll be the biggest target for Matthew Stafford. I don't think there's any question about that. But uh, I think this this better be a charm year for him. If it's not a charm year for him, you you got to end up staying away at that point. So I, I it's set up to be a charm year for him. It really is. You have to kind of see, look, wait and see what it's going to be. Last year, I was impressed. I thought that he was definitely the best wide receiver, even when Tate was out there and playing. I thought he was the best. He showed me the best. And he had a 58.8% catch rate, which is just fine. It's nothing special, sure. but it's it's good enough. And he had the five touchdowns. I expect that to improve. So I'm going to go ahead, and, and he's over 1,000 yards. I'm going to expect – I'm going to say he's going to be a charm this year. I – I don't know how big of a charm, but it will be a charm. It's something you can have on your team and say, all right, he's successful enough to be able to do this throughout the next few years and not just yes, this year. Yes, I think that's hitting the nail on the head right yeah. there. I don't think he's going to be a Juju Smith-Schuster type Agreed. breakout yeah, player, yeah, yeah. but he is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. He can be a wide receiver too yep. or a flex option no problem, mm -hmm. but I'm not expecting a whole lot more after that. So I guess. <laughs> All right, third time's the charm. And yep. uh, let's move on. We've got to go to somebody you've already done a shuffling the deck yep. for. I've voiced my concerns a little bit, and we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and Didi Westbrook. Um, it's not the best of teams surrounding him. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But uh, he has a great opportunity. He really does have an opportunity here to step up and be the guy for the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Now, his catch percent was 65.3%, which is better than most from last year. Um, he had 101 targets with 66 receptions. So that's how you get to the 653 He had five touchdowns. We're talking to a lot of people that have like five to six touchdowns or something like that. So for me, all the numbers are good except for the yardage was at 717 when you have 66 receptions you would expect a little bit more yardage a little bit and the five touchdowns a little bit concerning as well i would like to see that rise i think because of his opportunity and if he can get on the same page with the quarterback and just i really think he has a chance to capitalize on this but i it's this is one of the ones on the fence that i i just don't think i can go with a charm yet yeah i am torn on this one looking at his stats Mm -hmm. from last year they were fine i'm actually amazed breaking down the stats he had one two three four five six seven eight nine ten games where he had 10 plus points in a ppr yeah i mean if you were playing him as your flex or you had uh, wide receiver issues. You were more than happy yes. with D.D. Westbrook because he did not have less except for Week 17, which doesn't count in fantasy, hopefully. <laughs> except yeah. for Week 17, his lowest score was 7.2 points. Yeah, that, and I mean, that's consistent. And I've always talked about consistency. The thing is with you're only getting 10 or so points, that consistency is nice if you're struggling with wide receivers, no doubt. But you kind of want somebody who's consistent a little bit better than that where you're getting 15 to 20 points per game rather than just the 10. And I'm sure he's had the 15-point games as well. But it's just this consistency is really nice, but you need it to be a little bit better. And I guess the question is, will he step up and get to that point this year? Yeah, um, Nick Foles likes a deep threat. You mm-hmm. know he likes to chuck it down the field. Oh, yeah, I've Westbrook seen it can time. get there. Whether or not he's got the same type of skills as the previous wide receivers Nick Foles have worked with, you know, like yeah. Alshon Jeffrey, who he can kind of just throw it up to, and Alshon can yeah. back shoulder it or box a guy out. And Well, this is the year he's got he's to gotta make that decision. Who am I going to be? Am I going to be the three strikes, you're out, or am I going to hit a home run? Because, honestly, this is the deciding year for him. Yes. And I believe he's got a chance to make it a charm. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with uh, he's going to be a charm. You know, I'm I'm starting to – now, this is is bad. (laughs) Okay. We're both starting to change our minds a little bit on D.U. Westbrook. So everybody out there, when we reverse our decision – it's a bad sign because I'm I'm right there. Third time's a charm. Let the big dog eat. <laughs> Got to let him eat. Uh, the the we'll offensive see. line, if they stay healthy and Nick Foles can stay upright and Leonard Fournette can stay on the field. And that's a huge one. Yeah. Oh, man. Dede Westbrook could feast this year. I'm, it's, I'm it's starting. Possible. I don't like it. Oh, boy. You're getting a you, little too much into this one are. because <laughs> now i got to back off of Westbrook completely. Yep. You all should probably <laughs> take notice and not draft Dede Westbrook since we're He's going to get hurt or something. We're starting to come around on him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move to somebody who's already been able to score touchdowns and he's in an offense that loves to throw the ball. Yeah. Mike Williams yep. of the Chargers. Uh, this guy, I mean, if he gets the same amount of targets mm-hmm. and catches more balls and even the same amount of touchdowns, 
he's going to have a really good year. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because when I think of Mike Williams, I think I'm usually looking in a different direction. Uh, <laughs> I don't always draft him. I, I'd never really had high high uh, hopes for him, I guess I should say. But he's he's been very solid, and I think he's going to have a very solid year again this year, next year. It's going to be Keenan Allen. It's going to be Hunter Henry if he's healthy. And it's going to be Mike Williams. There's really not a lot of other guys uh, that are going, as far as wide receivers go and tight ends, I guess you could say, that are going to take uh, receptions away from Mike Williams. So I think he's got a really good chance. And I thought last year was kind of a charm to begin with to a certain extent. So I think he's got another chance to add on to that charm. Yeah, it was 43 catches and mm-hmm. 10 touchdowns. So he is that That new, 10 touchdowns is big. He's it really the is. new Antonio Gates for Phillip Rivers. Yeah. And if he can stay that, he'll be fine. Here's the thing. Hunter Henry, if healthy, could take some of this away because that's the he has not had Hunter Henry to throw to yet. Yep. Not consistently anyway. So we'll see what happens. I'm still going to say it's a charm because he's proven it with Rivers, and Rivers can trust him at this point. So I'm going with a, a third time to charm. Third time to charm. Let the big dog eat. All right. Now let's go to somebody who's basically uh Duh. <laughs> and that's Cooper Cup. Yeah. As long as he stays healthy. Yep. He's going to be fine, right? Yep. I honestly think if he stays healthy, he could take a pretty decent chunk away from Woods. That's what and, we were seeing in a different episode. Yeah, and I think somebody somebody has to get the ball, and somebody needs to take a step back. Because Cooper Cup wasn't there, Woods got a lot. Yes. Now, if Cooper Cup is there and healthy, I, I expect some – it's got to be somebody. If it's not <laughs> Cup, it's going to be Woods. If it's not Woods, it's going to be Cup. I really do believe that Cup takes a step up this year, and we're doing a lot of charms. Yes, I'm kind of surprised are. about this. We don't normally do this. No. But I'm going to go with uh, third time to charm with Cooper Cup as well. See, he played in what, eight games? It wasn't even, yeah, eight games. Eight games. So let's chop this. It's it's a half a season. Yep. So if we double his targets, he's right around 112. That's mm-hmm. a good amount of targets. That's really good. And if we double his catches. 80 catches. 80 catches. And if we double his touchdowns. Unbelievably, 12 touchdowns. That would that, be amazing. Yes. There's no, this is where I have to say, <laughs> there's no way you can, can have three wide receivers making these kind of numbers right. on one team. Exactly. I've said that plenty of times, and you have too. Yes. So. All right, let's move along to probably the uh, the. The darling of the offseason so far this year. <laughs> Everybody is Everybody. on the Chris Godwin train. Yep. And apparently Bruce Arians is too. Yeah. He says, I think Chris Godwin is going to be close to a 100-catch guy, especially because I think he can play in the slot. He's never coming off the field. That. Take away yeah. the 100-catch guy. Yep. Take away, he can think he can play in the slot. Yep. But because they said he's never coming yep. off the field, yep. wow, this guy's going to have a 90-plus percent snap percentage. It's very possible. And that is all you need to know about Chris Godwin. If he has that exact yep. snap percentage, yeah, lock him in. I haven't been a huge Godwin fan, but but... But. Sometimes you have to pay attention to the hype, and you have to pay attention, just like I said last year right. when we were talking about uh, Cohen. You have yes. to pay attention to what the coaches are saying. Yes. And when the coaches are saying this guy is going to be something for us, and they're hyping him up beyond measure, 
you have to pay attention to that. So I'm getting back on the Godwin <laughs> kind of Here train. We go. I've never been a huge. <laughs> I he's been in the league for two years. I've not been a huge fan of him. He's been fine. Last year he had what the 95 reception or targets and 59 receptions, and that's that's good enough. And if he's going to never get off the field, you have to expect that to go up. Oh yeah, you have to. He if if he's never coming off the field. And he's moving around. I mean, this is yeah, we're talking is, like yep. a Larry Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. Antonio Brown type person who can play every position, the Z, the Y, the X, wherever yes. he's on the field. Yep. That's gonna be amazing because well, here's here's the drawback. If Jameis Winston can spot yep. the matchup problems and get him to the side of the field that he needs to be on to exploit those problems. Chris Godwin is going to be amazing. It's very, very possible. I'm going to go with third time's a charm. I really, I really do believe that could be it. Go ahead. All <laughs> right, third time's the charm. And again, we're kind of reversing our field it's, a little it's bit. It's a little strange to say that. I've never really had a good feeling about him. But you know, digging a little deeper into it, you, you just you. You start thinking, all right, this kind of makes sense. And when the coaches, like I said, when the coaches go like that and they say stuff like that, you got to pay attention. Yep, uh, it, it's you got to dig, guys. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what Tom is saying. Is you got to dig. This is the time to do some research mm-hmm. where nothing else can happen until training camp gets in full swing and we start seeing some preseason games. Right now, you can dig a little bit deeper. And get that information without anything swaying, you know. Right. Oh, he had an amazing catch in a preseason game. <laughs> like, well, yeah, but does that really mean anything because their third-string quarterback is throwing to him? Right. So. Um, this, in a, you, I remember you saying Jameis Winston. And now I want to <laughs> talk about another quarterback that I don't have a whole lot of faith in. Oh, who would that be? And that would be Marcus Mariota. Oh, and, the guy that went right around the yeah. same time. Hmm. But see, here's the thing. I'm not talking about Marcus Mariota. I'm talking about Corey Davis. Is this the year we finally see Corey Davis be what everybody thinks he should be? Well, we've kind of bashed the Titans quite a bit on the show, and for the most part, <laughs> it's because of Mariota. I don't trust in him at all. Right Now, if Mariota does well enough to keep the job over Tannehill, then I think Davis can have a good year. But I don't, I don't know if Mariota's going to keep that job over Tannehill. And if that's the case and Tannehill comes in, I don't know what kind of connection, what kind of rapport he's going to have with Corey Davis. Right. I think Tannehill's a better quarterback, but I don't know if you're not playing with these guys every single game. I don't know how it's going to work. Now, if you are expecting 60 receptions and somewhere around 800 yards, that's fine. You're going to probably get that out of Corey Davis, no matter who's quarterback. But... I can't. I cannot expect him to do better than what he did last year. That's just me because that's that's Mariota talking to me. <laughs> so I'm I'm still leaning on three strikes are out when it comes to Corey Davis. Yeah. Again, we're digging deeper into his last year stats, mm-hmm. and uh, before I get into Corey Davis particularly, I do want to say there's been a few of these guys that I'm looking at. And you can see them tail off at the end of the year sure. still. So maybe they haven't completely gotten used to the NFL schedule yet as well. And maybe this is the year that they don't you know, get tired after 11 or 12 games like they were in college. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I'm looking at Corey Davis stats from last year. And he was all boomer bust. There was yeah. no real in-betweens. He was not consistent. 
He'd give you a 15-point game. Okay. Yep, that's fine. And he'd give you a six-point game. Ugh. Not good. Then a 39-point game. Huge. And then 11, 4, 5. Then back to 15 and 34. So here's what I'm seeing. If he scores around 15 points, you might want to play him the next week. (laughs) Pick him in your DFS lineup after that. Maybe he's going to go off and have a really good game. But, yeah, I'm not... I'm not seeing very... Uh, yeah. I just... Yeah. Go ahead and press it. Yeah. That's uh, that's a tough one. But I know a lot of people are high on Davis. And that's fine. I I I don't want to say that I don't think he's a talent. If he's on a different team with a different quarterback and it was a consistent thing, like if it was Tannehill all year, I'd probably change my mind on Davis. Maybe. But... If it's going to be week eight, all of a sudden Tannehill comes in. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> and we already know who we're on if Ryan Tannehill does oh, come yeah, in. We've it's told be you guys. Adam, Adam Humphreys. Humphreys. Oh, yeah. And who knows? Maybe even A.J. Brown gets a bump up. Yeah. yeah yep. But right now it's just it's all about Mariota and if he mm-hmm. can get on track and avoid injuries. And we don't have any idea if that's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. All right, before we get into the running backs, mm-hmm. I just want to mention uh, that we're going to be in Canton, Ohio. Oh, yes, we are. Uh, and there's another little wrinkle when we get to Canton. Mm, what's this that? is going to be very fun, and it's for a good cause. Yes. Um, before the expo opens at noon, we're going to be doing a charity league draft. Uh, there's going to be 24 industry people teams however you want to call it in two different 12 team leagues and whoever wins these leagues is going to get to donate whatever money Mm -hmm. we raise and we put towards it to the charity of their cause and uh we're playing for make a wish yeah uh it's a personal cause for me my daughter got a make a wish she's fine now but (laughs) yes she had an issue when she was five years old and she got a make a wish so it is near and dear to my heart, so that's what we're playing for. Yep, but it is going to be amazing. Uh, these guys have been awesome. I've heard a lot of stories from the other people that are going to be there already. And, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fun, and it's for a great cause. Right. So we'll be updating you. I don't know if we'll be able to share links to the league and everything. Yeah, we'll and, find and out. When I get some more information, I'll let you guys know. It'll all be in the show notes, of course. Yeah. But I just want to let everybody know that uh, yeah, there's more than just hanging around all the professionals and the industry people. Right. There's going to be uh, some really, really cool stuff going on and for some good causes. Mm-hmm. So, And if you guys, just a side note, if you guys remember last year when we did our amateur podcast league, we almost won. It was really close. But we won the league as far as the regular season. But when right. we when we got into the playoffs, we lost in the championship yep. game, which was unfortunate. But this time, it's not the amateur pie. It's really these guys this, are professionals. Yep. We're going up against these guys, and I really, really want to see how well we do. Yep, it's gonna be, it's gonna tell a lot of stories. I think. <laughs> I think yeah, we'll and, see. And this is what I do know about the league so far: the construction of our team is going to be whatever, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Yeah. Our our team construction is going to be two super flex and eight flex. Yeah. Yep. So it could it, there's going to be people that are obviously going to go after quarterbacks early and get right. their guys. Right. And some people might just 
hang back and take a whole bunch of running backs or a whole, oh, and oh. it's tight end premium. <laughs> so somebody's going to take Travis Kelsey in yeah. the first round. Oh too, yeah. Probably. You know so, it. So these teams are going to look weird when you do see the lineups and the team rosters. It, you're going to be like, wait, how can he even be able to feel the roster? No, <laughs> it's literally anything we want. Anything goes as long as you have a quarterback, right? Yep. No, oh, no, you don't two, even have to have a quarterback. You, you don't have to have one. Yeah. It, wow. It, so okay. that means if we have two quarterbacks on the same bye week, we don't. It we don't, don't matter. Play, we fine. can play two wide receivers in the super flex. Sure. And Let's do just it. Take it. So yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting way to build a team. <laughs> All right. So let's get to running backs. Yeah. And we're going to get to <laughs> somebody that, again, the coach is hyping up. But how sure. much does that actually mean? Bill O'Brien says, I've seen good progress. I think he's mm-hmm. had a very good offseason. He's worked very hard. Sometimes it takes time, especially when you're injured your rookie year with a significant injury. You have something you're dealing with like he did with the Achilles. It takes a while to come back from that. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about Dante Foreman. And here's the thing. He hasn't had a lot of chance to right. do anything on the field. So I think this year would be a good year to say, just kind of wait. I don't want to say. I don't want to say third time to charm. I don't want to say three strikes you're out. I think next year we'll actually get a little better picture about what that could be. Maybe next year he'll be the charm, but this year I'm, there's not really a. I can't say either way. I really can't <laughs> because I think next year he's the starter. I really do, and I think Lamar Miller is going to be booted out next year. He's not going to be the guy. And I think Foreman will be the guy next year. But this year it's going to be Miller, and Foreman's just going to give a little bit of compliments and see what he can do as far as uh, the regular season goes. Yeah, so far Dante Foreman has been all over the place. Sure. In his yeah, rookie yeah. year he barely averaged three yards a carry mm-hmm. and only had six catches, and he only played one game in 2018. Right. He had seven attempts for negative one negative yard. One. <laughs> But he yeah. had two catches for 28 yards and a touchdown. So he mm-hmm. was useful, just not as an actual running back. Right. And honestly, I am not on the hype for Deontay Foreman, and I don't think he's the answer for the Texans. I, I didn't say he was the answer. Hold on, don't press that button yet. <laughs> I, don't think, I didn't say he was going to be the answer, but I think he'll be the starter next year. I don't think uh, Miller will be the starter next year. Just. Go ahead and press the button. I, I'm not going either way. <laughs> I still don't think he's even going to be the starter next year. But That's I fine. also don't think it's going to be Lamar Miller. So, <laughs> get out of here, Deontay Foreman. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, somebody that, after doing a little digging, I'm starting to change my mind on just a yeah. little bit. I was never super low on him. I've never really been super high on him. I've always had a good... A good uh, feeling about Marlon Mack and I've always tried to trade for him to be honest in some of these leagues but uh, Marlon Mack I like Mack this year I really do think he's going undervalued uh, in most cases actually in a lot of drafts he is uh, I think he's got a really good chance to have a big year but there is some risk with him obviously but I think when you got Andrew Luck as your quarterback you're going to have plenty of opportunity to go Find your holes, get some pass catches as well, and you know he's going to get some touchdowns as well because he's had plenty of those. Yeah, um, here's here's my feelings of Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. Uh, he only had 17 catches last year. Now I know he didn't play in like 
Orish right. games, basically. Yeah, I hear it. But still, that's not a very good very, yep. uh, target percentage. Uh, he only had 26 targets. So Andrew Luck wasn't targeting right. Dante Foreman. No, nope, you're Marlon Mack. Or, sorry, <laughs> Dante Foreman. Wow. You can't get still, away with it. Still, <laughs> that's on me. That's not on Marlon Mack uh, yet. Um, but Frank Reich, um, obviously I've got some personal opinions on him because – he was part of the Philadelphia Eagles, mm-hmm. and he knows how to use running backs in a committee. Right Now, these guys that he has coached as an offensive coordinator or a head coach, Brandon Oliver had 160 carries, Melvin Gordon 184, Ryan Matthews 155, LeGarrette Blunt 173, and Marlon Mack last year was the most. Yeah. I had 195 carries. Now, again, yep. he was hurt for a few games, so maybe that would have been a little more. Yep. But there's still guys on that Colts team that are not bad. Jordan Wilkins isn't agree. terrible. Yeah, I agree. And Niam Hines can be a pass-catching back. Yeah, but I'm looking at two things. 908 yards, not a ton, but it's still pretty good. It's decent enough to get you fantasy points. And then you got nine touchdowns rushing, and you do have the one – receiving touchdown as well that's 10 touchdowns you don't get that normally out of your running back so if he can continue doing that i think it could be a third time to charm but it's hard to say that that's going to happen when like you said that there's some other guys out there too well anytime marlon mack got close to 20 carries i'm talking 19 or more carries okay he had really good games yeah 19 for 126 and a touchdown 25 for 132 and two touchdowns uh, 27 for 139 and two touchdowns, 25 for 119 and a touchdown. So every time he gets close to 20 carries, he's got a touchdown. And what makes you think that what happens when he gets that? That means the Colts are in the lead, and right. that means Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck. And I really honestly believe that if they're going to be in the lead like they should be almost every game, I haven't, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but I can imagine that they're going to have a you know a good season this year. They're going to have to hand off the ball to Marlon Mack and right. some of the other guys as well. But the more they're in the lead, the more Marlon Mack gets carries. I do believe that that will push me a little bit closer to third time to charm even then. I mean, I love the way Mack ended the season. Uh, he yeah, only oh, had yeah. one bad game, mm-hmm. basically. So that is reason to be confident in him going into this year. Sure. Will he be able to hold up? Will he get an injury? Well, we won't know until it happens, obviously, but I'm, I don't know that he's going to hold up, and I do believe that Frank Reich is going to spread the ball around, which maybe will let him stay healthier throughout That's, the yeah. season, but maybe he won't get as many touches. I, well, I here's, here's I said this in the shuffling deck as well, but when you have somebody that has only 17 receptions and you have somebody who has nine rushing touchdowns if them touchdowns go down at all this might not be worth it right because you don't have if you're talking ppr you're t- you don't have them 17 receptions is almost nothing, nothing when it comes to running backs and ppr so you have to take a look at that you got to hope that if his receiving uh stays the same that his touchdowns stay the same as well yep I I don't know what button to push here I I'm gonna say thir- oh, oh man <laughs> I, press but can you press both at the same time Sure you can. All right, there we go. <laughs> We're on the fence with Marlon Mack. We love his potential, but yeah. there's still a risk there. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got our second Duh. 
of oh, the boy. episode. We've talked about him before. He's actually going in a decent spot in drafts mm. right now. Leonard Fournette. Yeah. This is a dub because really what you have to say is if he doesn't get <laughs> injured, uh, yeah. It, it, that's pretty much it because I really do believe he's going to have a really fine year as long as he's healthy on the field because he's got the talent. He's got all sorts of that. We saw it. Yes, we That did. rookie year was amazing, but we have to see it consistently, and I think that's really the question we have with Leonard Fournette. I mean, just, just looking at his stats – Every time he was on the field, he was fine. He started off week one, already got you 11 points, and then gets injured, doesn't mm-hmm. play week two and week three, comes back probably too early, only gets six points. Then he was out until the bye was over for the Jaguars, which was week nine. So he comes back in week 10, and what does he do? 33.9 yeah. PPR That's points. unbelievable. He had a touchdown yep. receiving and a touchdown rushing. He had five catches. Over 100 total yards, I mean... It makes you want to you know, just pull your hair out. Because you're thinking, I can't start this guy. I can't even want this guy. And because, after four weeks, you can't trade him for being right. injured. He's like, oh, right. well, I'll trade him for peanuts. And what, then- do you, what do you do? Well, you just got to hope he stays <laughs> injury-free this year. Because if he does, he could be top five. He really yes. could be. If he's healthy all year, plays all 16 games, and does what he can do on the field, he could be a top five running back. Yeah. I so, mean, I mean, the only question is health. Yeah. I think he can stay healthy. I'm giving him a charm. All right. I, I'm putting this one all on you. <laughs> okay. All right. Third time's the charm. <laughs> there you go. Love Tom it. Tom says the charm. It's a charm. I am drafting him for value but not expecting anything. Agree on that. I do agree on that. <laughs> and all right, let's move on to a guy that I I hope, <laughs> I really, really hope can be what, well, everybody around us in Wisconsin thinks yeah. he can be. And it's, this is kind of split up because both of these guys in the Green Bay backfield yeah. are third-year players, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Yep. And in the league that I took Aaron Jones, the only one that I have him in, I also have Jamal Williams. It's a good plan. So it really is. I, well, I guess let's dive in. Sure. Here's another guy. <laughs> As the non-play calling offensive coordinator for the L.A. Rams in 2017, the new head coach, yep. Matt LaFleur, yep. oversaw an attack that ran the ball 46.7% of the time. Mm-hmm. That's actually... A good amount mm-hmm. in today's NFL. Sure. The Rams finished that year, what number in scoring offense? Oh boy, that's not a good one. Number one? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, number 10 in total offense, number 8 in rushing offense, number 10 in the passing game. And then, as a play-calling offensive coordinator in Tennessee, Yeah, this is, yep. LaFleur's Titans ran the ball 51% of the time. Yeah. Now, they didn't have the greatest team, but True. they ran the ball a lot. A lot. Will Aaron Rodgers let this happen? Well, it's not going to be 51% of the time. I've, I've been saying this to people, and I've been saying Aaron Jones is going to have a better year than you think. And because because he has not only a new coach that runs the ball a lot, it's not going to be the 30-some percent that the Packers ran the ball last year. Right. It's going to be more than that. So, therefore, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, to a certain extent, are yes. going to have more work, and it's going to be good for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers has to let that happen because the Packers need for that to happen. And Aaron Jones, like I've been saying, 
so many times, <laughs> has had the highest. Um, wow, I can't think of what it is. Gosh, but he was the highest average yardage yes. per carry. That's what it is last year. And he, I, I honestly, I don't see why they didn't use him more. Yeah, that, because that was what was boggling my mind because. He only had 133 rushing attempts, but had over 700 yeah. yards and eight touchdowns. Yes. And you're looking from week eight to week 14 before he got another injury. He didn't score less than 12 points a game. Right. He had five games over 20 points, one game over 30, and one game over 40 points yep. in a PPR league. You want to talk to me about consistency? This <laughs> That is the guy right there. I'm telling you right now, guys, if you're listening to me, I don't know what JJ's thinking, but if you're listening to me, Aaron Jones right now is a value because nobody is really super high on him. Yeah, he's going in like the third or the fourth round, but that's still a value. Yeah, I, it's got to be a value. You're looking at these numbers. Yes. And his best game, he only had 15 carries. Right. For 145 yeah. yards, Unreal. two touchdowns, three catches, 27 yards. Like, these games, his highest touch game uh for rushing the ball was 17 yeah if yep. he can get 20 carries <laughs> this guy is going and he can stay healthy third time's a charm let the big dog eat let him yep. eat now i want to take this question and because we have jamal williams on this as right. well i don't oppose having jamal williams on your team I don't think he's going to be anything special, but I think he's got a chance, especially if Aaron Jones gets hurt. If there's no right. question about that, if Aaron Jones gets hurt, Jamal Williams is going to have a good uh, a good fantasy year, at least a decent one for the time that he's playing. But Jamal Williams, I have no problem with him. I don't think he's going to be spectacular unless Aaron Jones gets hurt. And to that point, Aaron Jones gets hurt week 14. What does Jamal Williams do in weeks 15 and 16? Just 23 and 33 fantasy points in a PPR league. So that's why I'm rostering them both. It might frustrate me a little. (laughs) but Because, I mean, if Jamal Williams gets a hot hand, is Matt LaFleur going to really just say, no, 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 Aaron Jones is my number one. We're going to go back to him. Yeah. It it might be we'll frustrating. See, we'll see how that works out, but I, I think Aaron Jones is the guy this As year. long as one of them get hurt, I'll be fine. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you own a guy, and you're like, ah, I just want as long as get one hurt. Them. Yeah, get hurt. No big deal. <laughs> All right, time for what our third. Duh. Yep, and that is Kareem Hunt. Yep, it's just. I don't even know if we need to talk about Kareem Hunt. Everybody yeah, you don't knows. really have to. Third time can be the... Uh, I mean, he's already <laughs> proved he can play. And there's no question. He's already a charm as far as talent right. goes. But this year is just going to be... It's almost a swing and a miss. It's not three strikes, but it's at least one swing and a miss because you're not going to have him for yes. eight weeks. If Chubb is not performing, this could be a really big last half of the year, which could really push you through to the championship game in your <laughs> fantasy year. but That is very possible. I mean, I think everybody kind of knows, and everybody's kind of on the same page with this. That's yeah. why it's a duh. All right, let's move on to... Mm, let's go with uh, somebody who... <sighs> <laughs> I am tired of hyping up, but yeah. I'm still excited about it. I'm why excited. is this? Why am I doing this to myself? Well, here's the thing, is he is still a duh. He's still a duh. Basically. Duh. <laughs> because if he stays healthy, it's going to be great, just like with Fournette. But if he's not healthy, eh. 
It's just the only thing you can say. <laughs> and of course, Dalvin Cook. Yep. He's in Gary Kubiak's offense. Now, Gary Kubiak's offenses have ranked in the top five in total offense and top ten in scoring in eight of his 11 seasons as a Broncos offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. That's good news yeah. for that whole offense as long as the offensive line stays healthy. You would think Dalvin Cook has a chance to be that guy that we all think he can be. Oh, I, he's got that chance. That's why I'm still giving him a, a charm on this. But the problem is is he has to be – he has to be on the field every single every single game. At least don't miss more than two games, please. You miss more than two games, it's not going to be good for me, and I won't trust you anymore. <laughs> but if, you, if you're out there for 15 games, or sorry, 14 games, I'll trust it, and I'll go with it. Please don't make it during the <laughs> fantasy playoffs, though. We don't need that to happen. Yeah, so I guess we'll go with our not quite confident. Third time's the charm. <laughs> All right. Let's oh, see I what go, I'm going with it. <laughs> All right. One running back left on this list, and uh, he's basically only had one year in the league, but he's a third-year player, mm-hmm. and he has every opportunity to be an obvious charm Sure. in Pittsburgh. So who are we talking about? James Conner. James Conner. Here was that's almost another duh to a certain extent. It, basically, I'm not going to put it there, but be, but he's got the opportunity to be everything he was last year and more. Yep. The problem is he's got to he's got to do it. He he had a really good season last year. I was not expecting him to be not successful. That good. I was not expecting him to be that successful. No doubt. He had uh, 973 yards, 12 touchdowns yes 12 touchdowns only one touchdown receiving so as you would expect that to hopefully get better but he's not really well, he's he not levying on five catches right so there's got to be some more opportunities right and he, i know he dropped a like an obvious touchdown i remember as that one. well yeah. so that should have been 56 catches and two touchdowns yeah, yeah, yeah. but he did not get that one but yeah i mean he averaged well over four yards a carry mm-hmm. the 12 touchdowns and i'm looking at his stats in this ppr league he didn't have less than 11 points in a single game last year, except for the three games he was hurt. Yeah. So that's your duh. your <laughs> duh moment. Right. And another thing I've been saying a little bit this year is I, I kind of expect the Steelers, and nobody said anything about this, but I still think the Steelers are going to uh, tone it back a little with the passing. They passed so much, it almost, <laughs> it almost killed them. Like yeah, they don't really need, they do not need to pass that much, especially now that Antonio Brown is not there. They didn't make the playoffs this last year because I really believe they passed way too much. If they tone it down, give it a little bit more to James Conner and some of the other backs, they can be a, pe- a better playoff team. And I think they might realize that, especially now that you don't have somebody screaming down Ben Roethlisberger's <laughs> ear in his ear saying, "I got to get the ball, got to get the ball." Maybe now we can be a more balanced offense with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah, Juju doesn't seem to be quite the diva that not, Antonio not Brown yet, was. Because I, I never, <laughs> I, I always said Antonio Brown was never a diva, and then boom, that hit me right in the face. It did. It really did. So we'll see. But yeah, it seems like this might be more of a team effort going forward for I, the Steelers. I think so. I really and do. And that usually means a great running game mm-hmm. as long as everybody stays healthy. <laughs> Again. Duh. I, that's, that's pretty uh, much all we can say. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to another position. Can you feel it? 
Something big's happening, can you hear it? In the words that we sing, it's our shot. And we're not gonna miss it. <laughs> I miss it already. I know you do. Now, anybody that followed us last year, we, we had <laughs> fun with something. And it ended up with... <laughs> One of my man crushes, <laughs> Josh Allen. Now, now, obviously, Josh Allen is not who I'm talking about because right. it's only his second year in the league. Mm-hmm. But we had fun last year because we had Buffalo Bills quarterback watch 2018, <laughs> and I just had to put this guy up when I saw his name, Nathan Peterman. Yeah, you sent me the list, and I was like, <laughs> are we really going to be talking about Nathan Peterman? Come on. No, we just needed a throwback to 2018 <laughs> and all the weeks we had because there was so many weeks where it was another quarterback and another quarterback, and finally we settled on Josh Allen, who nobody thought was ready, and I really like him. I like him. I think he's got uh, – Josh. we don't have to go deep into Josh no. Allen, but I really do like him. I think he's going to have – a decent year. He's got to improve on his, you know, accuracy a little bit, but yes. he'll get there. We have two quarterbacks that are actually third-year <laughs> players that are tried and true starters in the yeah. league already, but there are some question marks. Yeah. And the first one is Deshaun Watson. I know mm-hmm. you're pretty much sold on Deshaun Watson. I am. I'm not yet. I'm sold because of the playmaking ability that he has. And – that first rookie year that he was just he was just unbelievable. That was something else. I thought, man, this guy is going to be crazy, and he's still really good. Last year he had a good season. The the thing is, is that I need to see Fuller healthy for the whole year, and I, then if yep. that happens, I really really like Deshaun Watson, and it'd be no question to me that he'd be a charm. Yeah, and last year Deshaun Watson was kind of a boomer bust quarterback as far as. Just normal. Like, if you're in a super flex, obviously Deshaun Watson is going to be in your lineup every week. Yeah. But there were quite a number of weeks where he was under, you know, 20 points or Mm -hmm. hovering right around there. And that's not the greatest quarterback to have in the world. But (laughs) uh, towards the end of the season, he 40, 26, 27, 35, 56, 32. Do you remember who showed up towards the end of the season last year? Uh, why don't you tell me? <laughs> Kiki QT. There it is. A PPR monster, really. Yeah, yeah. And that's a guy who can help Deshaun Watson stay balanced so he doesn't have to take those stupid, ridiculous athletic shots down right. the field and try to make the plays all himself. Yeah. So if Kiki QT can stay on the field because he had injury concerns. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the probably the biggest thing is with the injury concerns with the wide receivers on that team. There's no question to me that they need to sure that up a little bit. I mean, you got one of the best wide receivers in the league, possibly the best wide receiver in the league, but you have to have some other compliments that can be on the field at the same time. And I think if that happens, I already think Deshaun Watson is going to have a good year. Uh, I don't have any question with that. Now, if you look at this team – it's really interesting, the makeup of it, because you've got DeAndre Hopkins, who is just amazing, no matter what. And then you've got Will Fuller, yeah. who stretches the field like no other wide receiver yeah. we've seen in a while because mm-hmm. of his insane touchdown numbers. Yeah. And then Kiki QT, who's kind of a PPR guy, that underneath guy, he can get you 10 catches a game. It might be for 90 yards, <laughs> but he does it. Now, what are we missing? We're missing that running back who we talked about earlier, and we're missing a tight end. 
Now, That's true. One of my sleeper guys was Kahale Waring. Mm-hmm. He's starting the year on the active pup list. It yeah. doesn't sound like a not, big deal, yeah. but it is something to monitor because they do not have that tight end presence, right. which is the red zone threat mm-hmm. that they only have with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And it's not like Hopkins is 6'5". No, but he's supremely talented. <laughs> yes, but... <laughs> of course. But yeah. if they had that guy that could you know, reach... And jump up for it, you know, like an Alshon Jeffrey, where yeah. he's just, he can grab anything from anywhere on the field as long as you throw it around him. Deshaun Watson, he, we might be talking about him next year as one of those top five guys that go off the board again. It's very possible, especially if he has a really good year this year. And I, I honestly, I've said it so many times until my brain explodes. <laughs> he's going to be a charm. If you're listening to me, press that charm button. Third time's a charm. Let the big dog eat. <laughs> All right. We've got one more quarterback who probably this, has a few extra question marks. This is a good one to discuss because I'll just tell you who it is. Mitchell Trubisky. Now, Mitchell. Mitchell. <laughs> um, he's, he did fine last year, but he never really charmed anybody. Like, he didn't have that special whatever it is you're looking for in a quarterback. Right. And I don't think it really matters if he charms us this year or if he's not going to charm us this year because I think he's not going to lose his job job yet. He's still going to be the quarterback for the Bears. It's not going to have an effect on him, but he's still going to be fine for a year for, for a few years straight. Um, I don't think this is something I can say I'm going to be charmed about with him. I would love to see it because I mean I think the Bears would love to see it because oh, they they moved up that one spot. To get this guy, yes. they don't want just a fine quarterback. They want a guy who can be a charm. Now, if you look at Mitch Trubisky's stats, he sure. was a perfect guy to take as your second quarterback in a best ball league. Yeah. Because holy cow, <laughs> he was either uh, average or below average or gave you a billion points. I mean, that first week where he just went off, week four, 69 points at quarterback. He threw six touchdowns yeah. that week. Yep. And then he followed it up with a 45 and a 49 and a 35. And then against the Bills, scored 13. <laughs> and then went off for 57 and then never had another 30-point game the rest of the year. Yeah, What are we yeah. going to get out of Mitch Trubisky if – Jordan it's Howard wasn't the running back that they could trust last year. Is Mike Davis or any of the other guys? Well, I think the Bears are still a playoff team, but when it comes to fantasy football, I Mitchell Trubisky is just a guy I'm not really thinking about at this point. Um, I don't want to say third time's a charm or three strikes are out because, like I said, I think he's going to be fine. I think that the Bears are looking for him to be a charm. But at this point, they're just looking for somebody who can manage the game, get them back into the front running of the division, and get back in that playoff. And hopefully this time they don't – I mean, in your case, you liked it. But yes. <laughs> um, hopefully they don't have a, a kicker who misses the uh, easy field goal that I could have made. Yeah, no comment there. <laughs> yeah, Mitch is – Again, in a super flex, he's going to be taken, obviously. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. And we have him in a super flex, but we have, like, four quarterbacks in that super flex. Yeah. We don't have to rely on him, but hopefully he can figure it out just enough so that he can be consistent enough to play. Mm-hmm. Bears fans would be over the moon if they had a quarterback that they could trust every single week and not be like, 
the the guy just ran for 80 yards and a touchdown threw for 302 touchdowns and then he throws for 110 yards and 23 yards rushing like that is way way yeah. too much of a uh, a spread there I do want to look one thing up about Mitchell Trubisky. Just give me a second. Sure. Um, I believe his his uh, I gotta find it. Just give give me a second. <laughs> his completion percentage was sixty six, I believe, point nine percent. And if you look at who else was lower than him in that division, was Aaron Rodgers with sixty two point three percent. So if you're looking at somebody like Aaron Rodgers, who th- obviously threw the ball a lot more, and probably had more fantasy numbers but you're looking at the consistency about what these quarterbacks can do yes Aaron Rodgers last year might have been a stretch to say that that was a an anomaly to a certain extent but if you have to look at all the rest of the years that Aaron Rodgers has had completion percentage 66 percent was a good year 67 68 he had one was 71.4 percent which is well that's 2007 he didn't even play (laughs) so yeah if you're around 66 percent you can be a good fantasy quarterback as long as you're throwing the ball enough i think that that could happen with trubisky it's uh remained to be seen i do believe that the, the bears will be a good team still I'm just not going to touch them unless it's in like a best ball like league, like you said. Right there, you go. So, which button are we pushing? For me, I'm just I'm gonna go with both of them. Yeah, sure. Uh, maybe a little, little off on that one. Yeah, that's, that's okay. okay. All right, you got one position left, guys, and mm-hmm. it is tight end, and that is, I've told you before, I am all in on learning these tight ends yeah. and seeing which ones are going to be the best. And we've got a few third-year guys, mm-hmm. and a couple of them are pretty good, and a couple of them may have something yet to prove. Yeah, We'll start off with David Njoku and mm-hmm. that browns team that everybody's in love with yeah um i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say i'm fine with it i'm fine with njoku but the thing is you got so many other guys you got so many other mouths to feed i do think that he's going to have a good year uh last year he had 88 targets with 56 receptions and four touchdowns which is fine and his uh, catch percentage was 63.6 percent all fine numbers all fine but now you have obj Yes, and I, I honestly, if it's if it doesn't stay the same, I think it could go down. I don't think it's gonna get much better than what he had last year. I'm, I think it's, he adds to the offense. It's going to be a key for the offense. I just don't see his fantasy numbers being huge, like a lot of people might think. Right, and this is what I am thinking for Njoku this year. Mm-hmm. He had 89 targets last year. Right, that may drop. Yeah. His 56 catches might not be too much different. Right. Those four touchdowns, those are going to go up. That's very, very possible. Uh, Yeah, I kind of agree with that. You know, as much as I love watching OBJ do the insane catches in the end zone and all that stuff, he's amazing. I do think that they once they get there, which OBJ is going to help them do that. Of course, He's, once they get to that goal line and uh, scenario, there's going to be somebody you got to throw to, and that's going to probably be Injoku. Yeah, I, I I agree with that as assessment. Uh, it's nothing else to say. I still don't think he's going to improve in the rest of the numbers. That's another one of them iffy ones because if you go up in touchdowns and he gets what he had last year, it's probably third time to charm. And 
for tight end position. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's obvious. It's gold no matter what. If you're waiting on tight end and mm-hmm. you take him as the seventh, eighth tight end off the board, you should be fine. Yeah. You should be happy. He started the season. He had a little bit of an injury problem, but he played every game. Mm-hmm. So he was battling through it, and you love to see that out of these guys. Because yeah. if, if they're not battling through it, then you can't trust them. But right. this guy, he wants to be on the field, yep. and that is a great sign. That's a good aspect to have in a tight end. All right, third time's the charm. <laughs> I'm giving that one an all right. Yeah, I give it. maybe mm-hmm. it's possible. Um, let's go to the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. And uh, the target monster, yeah. say that. I mean, they love to see Evan Ingram on the field his rookie year he had 115 targets yeah that was mostly because who wasn't playing OBJ that's right OBJ wasn't playing in 2017 like at all 2018 he was and you know Ingram took a little bit of a step back not enough to where you panic he was also out five games right not enough to where you panic because I'm sitting here looking at his catch percentage 70.3 Three percent, which what, was not what his rookie year his was. rookie year was fifty five point seven percent. So close, yeah. We're we're talking about a big difference here. And what do I think is going to happen now that his catch percentage has gotten better, and that I think the there's no more OBJ. I think you could could combine them things together only if Eli Manning is quarterback. <laughs> if 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 that's not the case, I have no idea what to expect out of Evan Ingram. Yeah, the, uh, Daniel Jones, yes. who actually I don't believe has signed his rookie contract yet. Okay, Not that that really matters, yeah. but Eli Manning, he is an Iron Man. He doesn't miss games. Yep. So as long as he's out there, he's going to force feed the ball to a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, and Golden Tate. Yep. And it, in my Personal experience <laughs> with the Eagles, it took him a long time to get acclimated, and I don't think he ever really did. No, well, that could have been a midseason trade yeah. type thing. He should have an offseason with these guys. That should help. But I do believe Evan Ingram is going to be right up there. He might yep. be the top target getter on this team. It's very, very possible. And if I remember right, I'm not looking at it. I think I had him with, at fourth on the tight end list yeah, it could it be a little later five. yeah so i listen he's gonna have a really good year he's gonna to me he's better than Njoku as far as tight ends go so if you're really looking for somebody to give you something in that tight end position but you don't want to pay <laughs> up front for the top three guys maybe this is the route you go and you go with evan ingram and now you can't wait too long yeah on evan ingram oh, yeah. so that's that's the thing like you can uh, we actually both had him fourth okay, in yeah, our ranking. That's fine. So yep. targets, targets, targets. Yep. When we're talking about receivers of any kind, as long as they're getting targets, he's going to be a good guy. I've taken him in a couple of best balls. I'm more than happy about that. His The last part of last year, he finished with like uh, three straight, like close to 20-point games. So when he's yeah. the guy on the field, he's going to be fine. Yep, absolutely. Third time's a charm. Let the big dog eat. And I think he will eat <laughs> He's a good, lot. Yeah, you know. All right, let's go to our second Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about my best ball man crush <laughs> in O.J. Howard. Yeah. And this guy, 
a lot of people have him over Evan Ingram right now. I don't see that, but I do understand it to a certain extent because he had 10 games, only 10 games last year that he played, and he had 565 yards, 34 receptions, and a big one with the five touchdowns. I do like that when you're only playing in 10 games. That means you're getting a touchdown every other week. And henceforth, why you have <laughs> him as a best <laughs> ball. Henceforth, henceforth, why he's the best ball player because if you're getting a touchdown every other week, you can expect to get something like that from him. Yep. Uh, I mean, he's had 9, 23, 20, 0, yep. 21, 16, 21, 26, 3, yep. 18. So, I mean, he's been okay, but then he got hurt, so we're not 100% sure if he's going to be on the same page as Jameis Winston yeah. if he can't be out there. And, again, it's Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. I like Jameis, but he is not the greatest quarterback in the world, and O.J. Howard has to be on the field. Chris Godwin is going mm-hmm. to be on the field all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Will O.J. Howard now, be on the field other all than the time? God, other than Godwin, that's really all. But in Mike Evans, what else do you have? You have O.J. Howard. And I believe, and obviously we've talked about yes. Cameron Brate before, but I believe that O.J. Howard is going to get plenty of balls thrown to him. I, I honestly like him a lot this year. I don't know if I like him that much to where <laughs> I'm picking him over um, some of the other guys that, that have – that people have been doing that with, but he's he's up there. He's not going to give me. I just I, I never really had a good feeling about him for the, the last two years, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a charm. He scores touchdowns. That's that's key. That's his deal because yep. he's only had 39 and 48 targets in the last in his first two years. Now some are projecting him to upwards of 70 plus targets, yeah. and if he gets 70 plus targets. He's going to get 40 to 50 catches. Yeah. And if he gets 40 to 50 catches, there's a very good possibility he could hit double-digit touchdowns. Right. Because we're lacking Deshaun Jackson's big playmaking ability. I don't know if Chris Godwin is, like, an over-the-top guy, and we don't have Adam Humphreys underneath. So these targets have to go somewhere, and it's going to be picked up by O.G. Howard. And Cameron Bright to a lesser extent. Bray, probably yeah. those are your four guys that you're looking at. Yeah. Evans, Godwin, Howard, and Bright. Now I, I want to clarify. Why do we say Bright? Because he's going super late. If super he's even late. if he's even going at all. Right. So you can actually pick somebody up like that and get really good value out of him. So that's why we say Bright. Don't panic and say that he's going to be the best guy on the team. He's not. But he's going to have production, and he's going to have a very good role on that team. And uh, let's just look at Cameron Brait's last year stats really quick when O.J. Howard was not on the field. Sure. And it wasn't amazing, but the Bucs really weren't playing for anything either. Mm -hmm. But he was getting some targets, you know, four, six, four, and that was with everybody else on the field. So if mm-hmm. those targets turn into six, seven, eight. Tell me how many touchdowns he had. Oh, he had six touchdowns there as well. Is. Now he had more touchdowns than Howard. Howard yeah. had five. So I, Howard had six in 2017. So I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. But yeah, this is this is where Cameron Brait is going to have success when they get into the end zone area. Cameron Brait gets them uh, touches I can't speak today, guys. <laughs> Cameron Great gets them touches when he, they get close to the end zone, and he also gets the touches when O.J. Howard is out. 
and even when they're not. I do believe this could be a good scenario to have a double tight end thing going on this yes. whole year because why not? You don't really have a whole lot else going for you in Tampa Bay. You might as well get some of these big guys the ball. Yep. So we're going with... Third time's the charm. Yeah, more than likely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got one guy who's probably, this is one guy who's probably still a year away. Yeah. Uh, last year I told everybody if you didn't have to bring him up off your taxi squad, if you play with a league with taxi squad rules, just leave him down there. I'm saying it one more time. He might surprise us, but I doubt it. Well, they got it. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> because... He is buried on the depth chart right now, buried mm-hmm. on the target list in Tennessee, and that's not a good thing. When you're not <laughs> at the top of the list in Tennessee and you're at the bottom, you really don't have much of a potential. And I'm talking about Delaney Walker's backup, John yeah. U. Smith. He's a third-year guy. He's doing what he needs to do to help the team, which isn't a lot, but they're not expecting much of him, and they're not asking him to do a lot. Right. So. We have, we have nothing to go on on John U. Smith. Almost. Not a ton, but what you do have to go on is Delaney Walker and the fact that there could be a chance that he goes down. And even if he doesn't go down, like you said, next year could be the year or even two years from now if Delaney Walker isn't going to continue playing in the NFL or if he goes somewhere else. I don't know what his contract looks like right now offhand. But I can tell you right now John U. Smith has talent. I've seen it plenty of times in the past, not just in, uh, in the NFL, but in college as well. He has a, When he's on the field, he has a 66.7 catch percentage, so that's actually pretty decent. And he had last year he had three touchdowns, so that's not bad for somebody who's not even on the field that often. And those three touchdowns came in a four-week span from weeks 9 to 13, or 9 to 12, I should right, say. Yeah. There's, that's four games. He had three touchdowns, and he was in double digits every single week. So there mm-hmm. was a, just a glimpse right there. Yeah. But that was his entire season's worth that's, of stats. That's what we're saying right there. And the one game that he didn't score a touchdown was the game he had the most targets. Which there you is go. So I mean, yeah. He had six catches for 44 yards, which, again, is a double-digit point week. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in one of these really deep leagues like the flag league is for us, and you don't have anything at tight end. Maybe you had one guy that you're whatever it is, and he got hurt. You're looking for something. Yeah. You need something. So you're gonna you're searching through, trying to find a player. There's John Smith. Oh, he's doing okay. He could give you something. Is there a possibility there? So I'm still looking at him as maybe like you said, maybe a next year type of thing. But he's still got possibilities for this year if you're in a really Really yes, if you're in a 16-team league yeah, and you need help in a bye week. <laughs> it's not the worst guy in the world to turn to. Right. But I don't think we can give him either we can't one give of them. I can't give him a charm. I don't want to say three strikes are out. But if we ha- maybe it's a something else. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> else. You, you can't really do both either because you can't expect either one this year. Yep. We just we got to go with a... Duh. leave him be for now and hopefully we see some flashes and then he'll be hyped up and everybody will draft him too high next year. That's another thing you want to consider with him. If you think he's going to be something next year and you're drafting in a dynasty, this may be something the very last pick or something because he's not going to be picked up in most of these leagues. So 
you maybe you pick him, maybe you sign him in a waiver wire thing next year if he has any sign of any evidence that he can be something. You maybe you do that and you can hold on to him for a long time. Yep, and that is going to wrap it up. It was a little bit longer of an episode. Yeah. We just didn't want to stop talking about these guys. <laughs> um, for everybody out there, uh, this was the first time we actually streamed on Twitch mm-hmm. while we were doing it. Uh, I wasn't interacting too much with the people. We did have some guys in there. Thanks for watching us. That that was <laughs> uh, a fun deal. Um, but we will be doing more uh, live things once the season gets here. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we will be doing Twitch and hopefully Facebook Live and trying to keep those in check. I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, but we'll, Sunday mornings we'll be doing some live stuff and answering questions and looking at pollsports.com. You know it. Uh, that's your you're going to be your best place for live uh, poll options. Yeah. And everybody's going to be answering your questions. Uh, you're going to be helping because you have to be a part of that community. You to have be to be able to ask your own questions. And once those, uh, well, we're central time, so the games start <laughs> at noon. But those uh, injury reports hit at like 10.30, and you've got questions, and you are on the uh, lower end of who you've got available. If your mm-hmm. stud goes down, that is the perfect place to go and ask that question yes. do i play aj brown or dd westbrook Ooh. i don't know they're not doing so well this year but that's all i've got and you'll get you'll get an answer hundreds if not thousands by yes. the time the season starts hopefully there will be a ton of people on there to help you out and, and there's a lot more to come with pole sports as yes, well so lots be prepared it's coming and it's gonna be awesome uh, so, uh, let's see. We've, I also have to say this, anybody that has been listening on iHeartRadio, which has been one of our biggest yeah. spots for downloads, we had a little bit of a hiccup, <laughs> but we're back. The stream should be going again yeah. here. Hopefully you're listening to this, you know, like a day after you, we you do might it. All, you uh, might all of a sudden get like four different episodes yes, all at once. Yes. What? They came out with four episodes? Oh, yeah. yeah. A little bit of a snafu. We uh, changed hosting providers yeah. and that one didn't go along with it. So... <laughs> I have fixed it. We're just waiting for it to get through. So hopefully anybody that listens on iHeart, I'm sorry. But we're back. We didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, yes, and I'm seeing on Twitch uh, our moderator for our show tonight. He's asking about a listener league. Sure. We are going to be doing yep. a listener league. We're in the process of figuring out how that's going to work. Some of that is going to be through the expo in the Canton, expo, Ohio. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking probably half of our contestants, if right. you want to say that, yeah. uh, will come from the expo in a certain way, and then the other half will be through our listeners and the podcast in that way. But we've got yet to iron out those yeah. details. So but there you, will be one. So if you wanted to get into the Listener League and have an even better chance of doing so, you might as well come to the Expo if you can. Uh, I know sometimes it's a long trip to go <laughs> yes. all the way to Canton, Ohio. But, hey, there's a lot of things in Canton, Ohio, especially if you're football-related. you got the Hall of Fame. Now you got the Expo. A lot of guys there are going to give you some help if you need some answers to some questions. That way you can get in our Listener League easier if yeah. you want to. Even easier. Yep. All right, you guys can find us at fantasyfuelpodcast.com. We've got our rankings. We've got our mock drafts. 
Uh, all these uh, Twitch videos will actually be on YouTube as well. So if yeah. you want to rewatch them there, that's a good place to do it. You mm-hmm. can find us facebook.com slash fantasy fuel at fantasy fuel on Twitter, which there's a lot of stuff going on Twitter right now. All the people that are at the expo, they're joining mm. forces. We're yep. talking about that charity league on there. There'll be ways that you can donate if you are into that uh, to donate to whoever you think is going to win or donate to who you want their charity to win. Yeah. Um, again, iHeartRadio is back. We're still on Spotify. We're still on Apple. Yeah, we're, we're everywhere. Still on but... Everywhere. <laughs> Just a little bit of a hiccup. Yeah. And uh, a couple last things, Uh, if you're into audio dramas, I play a character called Isaac Carrillo on The Veiled Monarch. It's a fantasy-ish werewolf, vampire, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. So anybody that's into that, give that a check. That'll be a link in the show notes. And uh, The Average Joe Show on Friday nights. Uh, We missed it this last one, but uh, yeah, that was an unfortunate... uh, Sometimes you can't get them all. No, you can't get them all. (laughs) But... That's going to do it for us. Thank you, guys. Everybody that uh, watched us on Twitch, thank you so much. We're going to be here more often. And, uh, yeah, don't forget, stay fueled up. This offseason, this fantasy season, all season long, we're going to be fueling you up all sorts of ways. So, all right, guys, thanks. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Oh.